0: Oh, how we doing? Welcome back to Falling Out. This is a special episode. Wait, holy shit! Do you hear that? Did you hear that? You know what that is? That is the sound of all of the birdies flying past my house and flocking to my window. After the last episode, I was inundated with feedback and little tidbits of information after the last episode about Damien Dunkley's ill-fated video. So this episode is actually going to be really focused on the, the feedback from that. There's no interview this time around. I'm actually going to try to keep this to 30 minutes because I met someone recently who was like, I love your podcast, but it's really long. So for you, dear listener, and you know who you are, this one's for you. I'm going to try and get this shit done in under 30 minutes. And also, I just feel like this topic of the old dunkster deserves its own breathing space, deserves its own spotlight. So... Where do we begin? Okay. Let's start with some of the information that I got regarding some of the information that I gave on the last episode. Okay, I'm going to start with so here's here's an inbound that I got. There was some confusion as to what exactly Chunbo couples are or were and for those that don't recall, those are the names of people who are inscribed inside the urethra <laughs> of the dick tower, <laughs> just like tattooed up in there. Uh, that's like – but like way in the inside – in the innards of, of, the, of the urethra. In, enjoy that. Enjoy that mental image. Um so, yes, Chumbo couples have their names uh, inscribed in stone in that in that uh, most delightful of places. Um, and let's find out what Chumbo couples are. Uh, so this is a message I received. Just heard episode nine. Wanted to talk about the Chumbo couples topic. It's one of the biggest things going on in the past few years. It's a deep hole and a very long topic to talk about. I'm still ignorant about many details. But I have seen most of the process to become a chunbo couple through my mom. I had to check for actual facts and numbers because I couldn't remember everything. It's actually all public, so it won't be hard to find. To become a chunbo couple, there are steps. You can see in this screenshot. Uh so yes, this person actually included screenshots and actually a whole bunch of resources to click through so here are the the steps so there's the ancestor liberation process which we have talked about on this show basically pay a bunch of money per generation uh fill out some paperwork go to chung Pyeong, attend these workshops where you beat each other and then you get to liberate your ancestors great so first of all you have to do that but you have to do it for 430 generations that requires tons of money. This person posted it on her profile, and I'm sending you a link so you can calculate how much you would pay. Okay, let's do this. We're going to live calculate this. Okay. Uh, so we're going to click here. Go to number six. Click on the link. Click International. Click OK. Select country. Okay. That should be pretty pretty easy to do. Okay. Let's calculate how much it costs to to uh, take the first step to get inscribed in the urethra. Okay. Uh, number six. Uh, what the fuck? Okay. Let's start checking some boxes here. Wait. Actually, hold on. I gotta do this shit on a computer. This is not mobile friendly. Bear with me here. Ah, shit. Okay. Bro, why can't I fucking click this? Okay, here we go. Let's start checking some boxes here. Wait, hold on. Okay. Wow, this is fucking crazy. Okay, it's like a, it's like a, Okay, select the country you live in, select the generations you want to liberate, write down any collaterals you want to liberate, I guess that's like extra shit you want to liberate, select the generations you want to bless. You cannot bless the same generations you are liberating, you need to wait 100 days after the liberation to apply for the blessing, so that's like another, that's another layer. If you calculate liberation and blessing together, it means you're applying for both liberation and blessing to be done on the same workshop. There is a blessing workshop only once a month. If you want the liberation and blessing to be done in different workshops, calculate once with only liberation and then another time with blessing. Okay. All right. Oh, here we go. Okay, now we got the form. Hell yeah. Okay, let's let's select a country. Okay. US. Okay. So, well, Jesus. Okay. Basically to um calculate you got to select a fuck ton of boxes. <laughs> uh I'm not going to comment on how they could improve the UI here cuz I don't want them to improve their money sucking blood machine. Uh so just bear with me here while I uh click through. I'm clicking 70 like yeah, I'm just clicking a lot here. Um, but basically you need to calculate – there's a bunch of checkboxes where you – okay, so uh, yeah, what I thought would just be a simple calculation, little little nice, easy-to-use uh, web page. Uh, it, was, it was not that simple, so I just had to spend like 10 minutes clicking on an insane number of boxes, and actually this sheet doesn't actually – uh, calculate properly, because when you switch it from U.S. dollars to Japanese yen, uh, it doesn't actually change anything. Um, but here's here's how this sheet looks. And I'm actually now, I feel like this needs to be a, a video piece so people can actually understand what's going on here. So uh, there's a liberation workshop fee, okay? Um, I'm looking at it in Japanese yen now, and the numbers are fucking extortionate. Um, So the way this works is um, there are... Four sets of ancestors that you're meant to liberate. It says fathers, mothers, then it says GMF and GMM. I think that means grandmother's father and grandmother's mother. So I think this is one per, um, like per couple in the church. So I think all these numbers would be doubled, I think. Okay. So here goes. So basically, yeah, there's four sets that need to be liberated. Then, uh, Generations one through seven cost 700,000 yen. Remember that's times four. Then they charge you 30,000 yen per set for uh, a number of sets of seven generations. Um, so eight to 14, 15 to 21, 22 to 28, 29 to 35, blah, de, blah, de, blah. It looks like that goes uh, all the way to um generation 210 and then her generations 211 so all of those cost 30,000 yen generations 211 to 430 i think are meant to cost you 30,000 yen because you can check a box but the box doesn't actually charge you anything but my assumption is that like that's the last um Bracket and they just lump all those generations in there and you can get them all for the price, I think, of 30,000 yen. So, um, I think, yeah, this calculator is not quite working properly, but what that means is there's basically 30 brackets of 30,000 yen and then there's one bracket of 700,000 yen and that's times four. So when you add all of that up, That equals 6.4 million yen, which is 45,000 U.S. dollars. 45,000 U.S. dollars. That is fucking insane. Fucking insane. And the numbers are a lot lower for members in other places. So now if we swap this, let's swap it to uh, USD. We'll get the numbers here. Let's see. Okay. Yes. So. The numbers change dramatically, so it's seven hundred for the first bracket, uh, plus uh, seventy times thirty um, for all that those seventy bucks times the thirty odd generation generational brackets. Uh, that brings you to twenty eight hundred, uh, and then you got to multiply that by four. Uh, so the grand total is eleven thousand two hundred dollars uh, to liberate these ancestors. Um in US dollars if you're in the US. So it's four times as much in Japan. Forty-five thousand dollars. What the fuck? Uh and then um that's the liberation. Basically, as we described earlier, like you start with the liberation and then you can do the the blessing. So the blessing one actually has rather than having two two hundred and eleven. 430 just being its own like bracket this one actually goes in sevens all the way from generation eight so the first the generations one sorry you need like a fucking phd to understand this so for the blessing the the fathers the first seven generations the fathers and mothers wait okay it looks like okay the father's cost $700 and the mother's as well as the grandmother's father and the grandmother's mother are, are $70. Um, so that's a lot a little less And So there's only like two, two brackets as opposed to four or sorry, two rows as opposed to four. Um, uh, in the, for the first seven generations, but then for subsequent generations, instead of there being four rows, there's are just one row. So, but then there's more sets of generations. So let's see how many sets there are. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47 48 49 50 51 52 53 54 55 56 57 58 59 60 okay so there are 60 of those i'm not going to click on all these fucking boxes what uh oh i cannot calculate the liberation blessing at the same time please calculate the blessing after you finish calculating the liberation oh you guys suck it fuck
1: designing shit okay
0: Good. I'm glad you suck at it. Uh, So now they want me to go and like fucking uncheck um four thousand boxes. Let me just uh, see if I can. Wait, this. Okay, let's go down here and just make sure we're like understanding this correctly. So wait, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, let's just. Okay, so let's then calculate this. I'm not going to check all these boxes. I'm just gonna use the calculator, so it's 60 sets of 7
1: um sorry 60 sets
0: of 70 excuse me that changes the numbers uh and then there's another 70 and another 700 for that first layer 70 plus 700 um Okay, so it's another five grand. So on top, of, if you're in the U.S., on top of the eleven grand that you've paid for the ble- for the liberation, then you pay another five grand for the liberation. No, for the blessing. I can't keep my fucking. I can't keep this shit straight. What the fuck? Uh, and then there's other like um, things you need to calculate here as well. Uh, so, oh wait, yeah, again, I'm, I, I can't check all these fucking boxes. Okay. But then let's look in Japan. Um I'm going to guess that it is more expensive there. Cuz that seems to be how this shit works. Okay. Uh, then in Japan. Okay, so it's 10,000 yen. So it's the, it for the all those generations it's like 60 60 times
1: 10,000 yen. 60 times
0: 10,000 Ah, plus another ten thousand, plus another seventy thousand, plus ten thousand, plus
1: seventy thousand, six hundred eighty
0: thousand. Okay. And what's that in USD? Six hundred eighty thousand yen in USD is Oh, I lost a zero there. Four thousand seven hundred ninety-four dollars. Okay, so interestingly, the the blessing. Uh, that's, I, that's surprisingly low price for the Japanese here. Okay, guys, um, was not expecting that. Uh, wow. Okay, plot twist. Okay, that is actually less than the cost for uh Americans. I, I'm guessing this might have something to do with the fact that like the racism part of the church is really f- focused on like the liberation aspect. Maybe like the the you know uh, sort of Japanese ancestors were a bit more evil than most, and so you need to pay more to liberate them. But then when it comes to blessing them, they, when they've kind of like the liberation sort of resets them to zero. I'm guessing that's the uh, that's the providential explanation for this. So um. Wow. OK, that was I'm not going to get this shit done in in fucking 30 minutes, am I? OK, Uh, so we get a sense of that gives you a sense of what you could pay. OK, so you have to liberate and bless four hundred thirty generations. Um, uh, then this person goes back, goes on to say, I've seen my mom do this for years and they always kept increasing the the generation number needed. To be achieved. Surprise, surprise. The next step is that every couple should bless 430 couples, which is crazy. And most people can't achieve that. So that's where Benin, Congo, Senegal, Dominican Republic, Philippines, and many other countries come in. There's an option now where you pay an amount of money so members in these countries do the job for you. They find couples to join and bless them. This is how many first-generation couples have achieved that. Wow. Reminder that in Europe, that wouldn't work. Okay, I haven't heard about about that before. That's wild. So you can, like, outsource your providential um, proselytizing and blessing, which is probably just giving people some, like, holy wine or something. But you can outsource that to other countries. It's just, like... Fucking cat cap- capitalism, baby. Uh, wow. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, then there's this whole process of applying for Chunbo couple status. Once all that is done, after they are approved, so after the status is approved, they get an award box which contains these robes, a certificate which, surprisingly, costs money as well. And that is why all the Chunbo couples have their names or pictures in the palace. This person goes on to say, I've personally seen how degrading and hurtful this is to many members who want to do this but can't afford it. So, again, let's be really clear here. The, the church doctrine is that your salvation depends on your ability to save your ancestors. Um, and it all comes down to your ability to pay for that service.
1: So because they can't this is the
0: this uh person writing in. So because they can't achieve this they won't be in the same level of heaven as those who were able to pay for it? Question mark. Chunbo couples are always asked to wear their robes for special events. Till this day there are ongoing activities for Chunbo couples. Is it as if they will never achieve everything to reach heaven? And that is exactly it the goalposts keep moving and for any of you first generation people who are listening when someone approached you on the street about fucking peace and love and world peace and ending hunger uh and you know singing singing songs and feeling nice with your buddies did they ever fucking mention this shit did they ever mention paying ungodly amounts that just never ended no they didn't the goalposts shifted and they've continually shifted for fucking decades
1: and they will continue to shift
0: fucking infuriating uh thank you um thank you to this person who wrote in. oh, this person also wrote something, and this is something that I heard from a lot of people okay, um Damien Dunkley has been sent back to the states uh and very recently was welcomed in new york state so Damien, the guy who like went to Korea or sorry, went to Asia to like extract money from people over there. Um, do the old reverse colonization, neo imperialism type of bullshit. Um, he did that and then they sent him back to the US. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's left like a wake of well, some sort of wake of, wake of destruction over there. Who knows? Um, but yeah, now he's in the US and I've got, I'm going to say more about that. In a minute, because other little birdies uh, have come and talked to me about that, and um, yeah, I just love the idea of all these little birdies. It's like it's like I'm envisioning some badass like hawks just dropping dropping little like uh, little parcels off for me. Keep it coming, you you fucking beautiful hawks. Um, so okay, where's the next one? Okay, where do I start here? Okay, going back to this one. Okay, okay, okay. Now, this one was quite interesting. Um, So. um, If you recall, Mr. Dunkley uh, was talking about. um, A property or multiple properties in Thailand, I should say. Um, And I was contacted by someone. uh, And do you remember that they were there like now? turning these properties into like they want to make them like glamping like a glamping resort um anyway uh this person writes i grew up in rural thailand actually near pak chong and frequently visited the headquarters there pak chong is one of is the now being turned into a glamping site it's all the hard earned money fundraising and donations from earlier members. My mom was then a rom hang student who was recruited. rom hang is the university that they said they're building a cafe next to so that they can recruit more people. God, my mom has told me that it took blood, sweat, and tears to get those places. I bet they gave everything. The new center in Pakchong was supposed to be like a safe haven, a community built around it for members. It's the hope that the members who work so hard can use the center recreationally and be able to settle there, I think. In other words, some sort of retirement place for these people who have given their blood, sweat, and tears to this bloodsucker of an organization.
1: The writer continues.
0: So it's super infuriating to know that they are trying to make money off it and not give it back to the members you indeed as for Damien <laughs> I love this as for Damien always been a little fake to me like a walking elevator pitch for the movement yes I agree I agree um he's like an aging uh plastic Ken doll that's like that's the vibe I got I, I like a corporate plastic Ken doll um and um Got some other shit to say about that. Let me go through some more of these messages here. Let's see from someone else. Uh, he just reminded me of a person from corporate <laughs> visiting your job, visiting your job, and trying to get the people to work harder for less. Just a used car salesman, POS, as in piece of shit. Um, yeah, I agree. That's that's the vibe as well from old Damien. Um, and kind of wish that was the end of the story but it's not because some other information has come to light and that is the following hold on find it here yeah uh someone wrote in i am and said uh damien was abandoned as an infant by his mother when she joined the church he was raised by his father who never became a member And, um, I kind of I heard that, and I was like, Jesus, man! This if there ever there was an illustration of the abusers ab- abusing someone, and then the abused becoming the abuser, I feel like it's this one. If you want to get a sense of how fuck fucking depraved the supposed family federation is. And I decided to d- dive a little deeper into that. Um And um I actually found something written by Damien. This is publicly available. This is on tparents.org, which is the sort of like archive of all the shit that the church has done. And... This is an interview with Ariana Moon. Is that Injun or Injun's daughter? I think it was Injun. Hold on. Let's let's And how, did I, how did he, is this? I know it's Tatiana. Excuse me. Well, okay, one of those daughters. Eh, one of those daughters. Okay. Um. Okay. So this is from 2011. And it starts with this. So a, there's a small description here. Damien Dunkley is married to uh, Yumiko Sakarnoto and is the father of three children. He was born in 1973 in the USA and was raised by his British father when his American mother joined the unification movement. He joined the movement himself years later in 1995. He and his wife currently live in Las Vegas and together serve as love and life pastors of Las Vegas. Okay, yeah, the love and life was associated with Injun before she got ousted for having the affairs uh, with the shitty musician. Um, and yeah, we've talked about that here. So that's anyway, I, th- I don't know. If, but Ariano. I don't know who Ariana is. Fuck her. Anyway, um, question. Uh, when did you and your parents meet the church? And then this is Damien's response. Uh, I was born in 1973 and first met the movement as an infant in 1974. When my mother joined, I was their only child and we had about a year of normal family life before my mother's, Younger brother introduced the church to her. My father didn't really know what to do when she joined. He went to my godfather, who is a Catholic priest, trying to try and figure out what the Unification Church was all about. And my godfather recited all the lies about the Unification Church and told my father to run as fast as he could out of there. So the assessment he made about the church was based on not only his own experience, but also negative feedback from people that he trusted. He got scared. Question, when were you entrusted back into his care? Think around 1976, my mother was fundraising and witnessing on the West Coast, and it just came to a point where she needed to find some other person to be responsible for me. So when I was about three, my mother called on my dad to take care of me for a couple of years, not knowing that a couple of years would turn out to be about 20 years. Her parents refused to take care of me because her and her elder brother had already joined the movement and my grandparents were really anti-unification church. They thought they had lost two children to this cult. Jesus.
1: Yeah, they did. Sounds like they lost more than that, dude. They fucking, they
0: fucking lost a, a grandkid too. Jesus Christ, man! This finally fucking federation. This this is creating ideal families. Can we just think about that for a second? All these motherfuckers who sit on their high horse and say they're creating ideal families. This this is the ideal family that you're creating. Ripping a son away from his mother so that she can go out and fundraise for fucking 20 hours a day, six days a week. Fuck you. Man, fuck you. I, I, I never thought I said this, but I feel bad for this guy, Damien. Damien, you were fucking shafted and abused by this organization. Oh, fuck, he continues. So as a sort of statement, they refused to take care of me and my mother. So he's talking about his parent, his grandparents. They refused to take care of me and my mother really had no one else to turn to than my father, who was still very young at the time. Question, how did your father view the Unification Church? My father blocked her and anything to do with the Unification movement from me. About 20 years later, I made my own way back. He thought the movement was an evil cult and he was right. He bought into that whole philosophy, and out of love for me, did everything he could d- to distance me from my mother and the church. I think I was about nine years old when I asked him where my mom was. I remember sitting wow, nine years old, Jesus. I remember sitting there in an Italian restaurant, and he started telling me his fantastic testimony. The way I heard it, it sounded like a spy movie. There were interrogations, brainwashing sessions, breaking through windows to escape for his life. My mind was probably embellishing things like high-speed car chases and wiretaps. The stories were fascinating and led me to think of him as my hero, but ultimately I understood what he really wanted was for me to grow up and make my own choices, and he felt that if I grew up in the church community, I would in a way be handicapped and unable to reason for myself. Really, his motivation was his love for me, and frankly, I think there was some value to that. Glad Damien can see that. Question, so how did he shape your view of the Unification Church? He was preparing me to be completely immune to any form of witnessing from the church. He told me all kinds of stories, personal testimonies of members who had been deprogrammed and left the church. He introduced me to these kinds of people with a heart to protect me. But what he was doing was generating a lot of fear and negative perspectives. I used to be afraid that I would be kidnapped by the unification movement. Question. Did you see your mother or any other Unificationist growing up? I didn't meet any other members who were active in the movement apart from my mother, who I met once when I was nine years old. God. Once when I was 14 years old. And once when I was 21 year old years old.
1: Fuck. Fuck this place. Fuck this movement. So hard, dude. That's heartbreaking to hear, man. That is fucking heartbreaking. My mom was, of course
0: praying for me and writing me letters all the time, but I used to discard these letters. The first time I met my mother was in Tuscany on my grandparents' wine farm, and my grandparents gave her three conditions, not to mention God, not to cry, and not to be with me alone. These were the three conditions she had to meet in order to have lunch with me. So I didn't really have an objective, balanced perspective. I didn't really know anything other than what my father told me, and my, not- my mother never really made the effort to try to counter what I was told. Whenever I met her, she just tried to be a loving mother. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. The cult made
1: her abandon you as a kid. That's what happened here, dude. That's what
0: happened to you, Damien. Fuck them, man. Seriously, fuck them. Question, how would you describe your relationship with your father? My father and I only have about 18 years between us. We were always very close. So his father was really young. Some thought we were brothers. I loved my father and trusted him. So when he was, you might say, deprogramming me, I respected that as his love and protection for me. But whatever he had available for him, he used to support me internally and externally. So we have a really deep relationship even now. He really did take care of me the best he could. Question. How did you finally encounter the church again? Kind of always knew that I would one day meet my mother in the church, and yet I had this instinctual sense that if I left without my father's blessing or involvement or at least knowledge of it, I would really damage my relationship with him. So I took until I was 23. We'd been doing some business together at that time, and I sat in front of him and said, Dad, I think it's time. And he said, you know, I think you're right. I agree. So with his blessing and support, I left Italy and bought a one-way ticket to America to find out what was really going on and to evaluate it myself which frankly was what my father had always wanted me to do, make my own choices, right? That was 1995. I met my mother, who was remarried within the Unification Church and had received a child. I don't, it's hard to tell here, received a child. I think that means that there was an offering child given to her by another family. We've talked about that on this show. Hard to tell for sure. Um, But if I had to guess, I would say that that's probably what happened there. Interestingly, she really didn't seem to have a witnessing agenda with me. What she really did was help to restore my awareness of God's existence and his love for me. It was her spiritual father, her younger brother. Jesus, man. Twisting these familial ties. Her spiritual father is her younger brother. Jesus Christ. That actually brought me to the church. Ironically, before telling me anything really great about the unification movement, he let me know some of the struggles the movement had had, the mistakes that perhaps some of the members had made. The members had made. What about the leaders, dude? This was actually a really good segue for me to help understand some of the context that carried the negative things I had heard. He didn't just club me with the Divine Principle text. He gave me an objective and realistic overview. He drove me to New York where I was able to listen to the Reverend Dr. Sun Myung Moon's God Day Address on New Year's Eve at the New Yorker in 1995. And then I had studied the Divine Principle a little. When I saw him speak, I instantly recognized why so many people were afraid of him. He was simply awesome. There was no turning back. That is really weird. So many people are afraid of him, and then that turns into uh, he's my dear leader. I, I don't quite understand that transition. Another question. Did you keep in contact with your father during this time? Yes, I was joining the movement, returning to the unification family, but I kept an open line of communication with my father, continuing to write him, letting him know what was going on. Question, did you keep in contact with your father during this time? Yes, I was joining the movement, returning to the Unification family, but I kept an open line of communication with my father, continuing to write him, letting him know what was going on. Question, what were your father's feelings towards the Holy Marriage Blessing Ceremony? He trusted me, but it was a long course of winning his heart, especially when I wrote him a letter saying that I was going to be married in the Unification Church Holy Marriage Blessing Ceremony. He felt that he was losing his son. So then I went back to visit and work with him for three months. Throughout the whole visit, he reiterated all the reasons I should be careful about the decisions I was about to make. His final argument was, Why don't you just go to Tibet for six or 12 months, hang out with the monks, and just think about what you're doing? My final argument was, Dad, Reverend and Mrs. Boone want to give me a blessing. Is there anything wrong with that? His final answer was, Well, I guess not. I guess there is nothing wrong with receiving a blessing. I knew he still had reservations in his heart, but I took that as his acceptance. Fucking infuriating, the twisting words there. Oh, it's just a blessing. No, it's a fucking coerced marriage. You're going to be exploited for your immigration status. Either you or your spouse are going to be exploited for the immigration status. It's not a blessing. You're a fucking pawn. That's that's, that's what this is. God, fucking infuriating. Soon after, I was matched and engaged to Yumiko, and we received Reverend and Mrs. Boone's blessing in marriage in 1997, about a year after we moved to Italy to be with my dad. It was time to win his heart at a deeper and deeper level. As a young couple, we often struggled, but I realized that being a little vulnerable in front of my father was a good thing. It gave him place to stand, so so to speak, so he could be there for us when we needed him. He was always a great support. Reverend Moon had told everyone to go to their families and announce that they are the tribal messiahs of their families. So after living and working with my father for five years, I told him. We went out to lunch and I said, Dad, before I go, there's something I have to say because I feel that if I don't say it, I'd feel like I failed in a way. I'm our family's tribal messiah. Wow. Imagine saying that. I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, dude, it was. But he looked at me, put his fork down and said, hey, kiddo, I know. I've always known that. And honestly... When I saw you and Yumiko move out here after you got married, I didn't think you'd make it. But five years in, when I see your couple, I see light. When I see your children, my grandchildren, I just see shining light. And he went on to say how much he loved us and how much he trusted us and how much he hoped for our continued blessing in the future. He recognized our place in the family in that sense. I can't say that we have yet lived up to our responsibility as tribal messiahs, but it was a fruitful conversation piece. Question. Wow, so what happened afterwards? With that, I came back to America, and my father went to India to catch up on his own youth, which he never really got a chance to experience because he was a father at such a young age. There, he started doing these 7-day, 14-day meditations and 7-day fasts. I met up with him a couple of years later in Italy, and he said, I've been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of reflecting, and I realize now that all of the years I spent touting anti unification church things, I was doing so based on fear. I was driven by fear, and I just want to let you know that I'm not afraid anymore. And if you want to talk about whatever it is, then that's fine. I know he has difficulty with one thing he doesn't accept that a human being can speak about who God is. He tried to connect to God directly through his own meditation, his own practice, his own compassion. He's a very generous, compassionate, conscientious person. But I can't say he has been able to be victorious in the realm of family. Oh my god. I think he hasn't really been able to understand that that's what Reverend Moon's trying to give. That Reverend Moon's trying to educate people about the family. What the fuck? The fucking gaslighting here, man. Fuck, dude. Reverend Moon ripped your fucking family apart, man. He coerced your mother to abandon you when you were an infant. And you think your your dad is needs a lecture on being victorious in the realm of the family? And you think that's what Reverend Moon is trying to do? To educate people about the family? Fuck, dude. No. is so what i'm talking about when i talk about the cycle of abuse creating abusers out of the abused oh my god question do you still keep in contact with your dad we speak to each other regularly and we visit each other as often as possible question and your mom my mom lives in wisconsin with her husband and daughter question How do you feel when you encounter people with the same negative viewpoint that you and your dad used to have of the church? How do you feel when you speak to people like Steve Hassan? Okay, they're name-checking Steve Hassan. Nice. Uh, There's a little note here. On September 14th, 2011, Damien and Reverend Stefan Berg spoke with Steve Hassan, an ex-unificationist and a critic of new religious movements, during a live radio interview broadcast by KNPR Las Vegas, an affiliate of National Public Radio. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> the gas lighting begins with Damien stating, I feel that Steve Hassan is just on a painful journey and hasn't come home yet. You know, I got off the radio show and many that I met seemed really moved by the answer I gave to his accusations. But a couple of members that heard the interviews wanted a more aggressive response from me. I see that as a sort of knee-jerk reaction to years of persecution and pain on they on their part and they too are in a kind of process of healing i've seen both sides steve sees himself as a former member now critic i could introduce myself as a former critic now member i have compassion towards him and i don't really find that any of his arguments carry much weight a few of his claims are based in fact but they are misconstrued or distorted or recontextualized to sound bad It's painful to me that he would speak badly about Revan Moon and his family, but his words just kind of bounce off me after a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just keep ignoring. Keep ignoring shit. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. We'll just ignore the, the shit that people are saying. It reminds me of some of the ignorant things I used to say. It brings me to a place of my own repentance. I'm looking forward to the day that Steve comes back and says, wow, I was a Unification Church member. And I was a critic for several years, but now I'm back, and this is the real truth. I'm sorry, <laughs> Damien. I think you're going to be waiting a long time, dude. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Steve's going to come back, man. Um, no, he, he ain't. He ain't coming back. <laughs> uh, I mean, I commend your optimism, but I think that kind of uh, shows the uh, the arrogance and the misguided confidence that being in a cult can give you. Because you know what? I'm sure a lot of people in a lot of other cults have said the same thing. Oh, they'll come back because they'll realize this is the truth. They'll come back. Oh,
2: my God.
0: Another question. Is there anything you want to say that I haven't asked you about? When I was a kid, I remember friends asking me what it was like growing up without a mother. But it was a question I couldn't answer. I didn't know what it was like to have a mother, so I couldn't really calculate the loss. Now that I am a parent, I can see how much I lost as a child. Yeah, dude, you lost. Yeah, dude, you lost a lot, dude. And you know who took it? Fucking Moon. Sun Young Moon took that shit from you. Fuck him. In a similar way, those that do not know Reverend and Mrs. Moon, are true parents, don't know what they are missing. God damn man. Oh, fucking this is fucking painful. If growing up without my mother was the price I had to pay to meet and know true parents in my lifetime, then I count myself lucky. I am proud of my mother's choice to attend God through true parents. And I am proud of my father who did the best he could to raise him, me by himself. Are you also proud of your mother for abandoning you? And what would you say if your own wife wanted to abandon your own kids and what would you say if one of your kids wanted to abandon their own kids would you be proud of those decisions he continues for me to join the church and receive the matching and marriage blessing from true parents must have been my father's worst nightmare but since then he has been blessed with a daughter-in-law and three beautiful grandchildren whom he loves very much He has been through many changes in his heart and now admits that so many of his previous judgments were driven by fear. So it's a process. I understand that it is easy to get upset with someone like Steve Hassan when he attacks Reverend Moon. But it is Reverend Moon who has set the standard. Look how he has loved his own enemies and forgiven them. Jesus Christ. Of course, it's an incredible struggle for us to try and reach True Parents' standard of heart. But I think the real struggle is for those who live without knowing True Parents at all. Damien These fucking So called true parents Split up your family They coerced your mom To abandon you And You think that they have Some Position of Ultimate knowledge About the family What the fuck dude I just I feel sorry for you man I really do I stand by everything I said in the last interview Cause you are A fucking dickhead Um <laughs> and you're a fucking con man and, and a thief fucking going to poor countries in Asia and taking money from them. Um, but I still feel bad for you, which is a weird feeling. I'm confused by my feelings here. (laughs) So this is, this is very odd. This is an odd feeling for me. Um, but I think it's, it's just a, a great demonstration. This is why I wanted to read that whole passage. Um, Because I think it's important for people to understand the framing of of all of this. To understand how, how someone can have their life manipulated by this cult into becoming what Damien has become. How the victim... And become the abuser. I think that's an important thing for people to understand. I would hazard a guess that anyone who's been part of this cult has been both a victim and a perpetrator of abuse at various points. And that's how they thrive. It's like a fucking Ponzi scheme. Fucking pyramid scheme of abuse. That's how they fucking work. Um, And I hope that reading that has given a bit of insight into how that dynamic works. And I'm going to close this episode out (laughs) with a clip of Mr. Damien Dunkley himself for a little bit of context. About this clip, this is taken from a recent video of Damien by Damien. The video features Damien standing in front of, you guessed it, a Marble Dick Tower in Korea. And the title is, I Miss You Already, Final Farewell to Asia Pacific One. This video is over 30 minutes long. I'm just going to play a few minutes Please enjoy the dulcet tones of one Damien Dunkley. Peace, y'all, and see you next time.
2: I really feel so happy, really happy, because I feel great blessing is coming to Asia, you know? So don't worry, you know? And then my family's still in Bangkok. We have to figure out many personal things, but my kids are in school, and then... We can't disrupt many personal things quickly. So now, this week, Mother said, don't go back to Bangkok now. Go straight to America. So I will go on the 24th and then, you know, pray. (laughs) So every day here, I'm going to the Chon Shimon and praying. And what does Mother want? You know, so. I will convey Mother's heart to the members in America. It's not my responsibility now to convey all detail to you in... uh, Asia, that President Hardy will do so well. I'm sharing apartment with him now, so every night we're, sh- we're meeting, we're going to the prayer, changing prayer hall together, and then sharing, sleeping nothing and just meeting and meeting and meeting and praying and praying and meeting and meeting and really trying to catch Mother's heart, how we can really establish a national restoration any nation, any state. is all centering on a growing our church, growing our membership. Should know, Heavenly Parent, and true parents, essence. So I believe, uh, Asia-Pacific one, I believe you're really most prepared, most ready. I feel that. I'm sorry, other region, if you feel I'm wrong, I really believe. Asia-Pacific one, our leaders and our members, you're most ready to quantum leap, go forward with mother now. But radically, we have to adjust our mind. Internal witnessing, of course, but Mother wants us to even, each of us, 10 new members this year, like that. This kind of feeling we have to have. So please don't do according to just uh, our human thinking. That's not possible. Let's go to the Chon Shimon. Let's pray and get Heaven's guidance. This is Mother's direction to all of us. And then President Hadi will come soon. You will hear from him. And he will give you such a deep, deep guidance. I believe all of this was Heaven's plan somehow. Maybe original plan is I should stay with you until 2027. But Mother is too urgent. So, please welcome me back for like a durian and, you know, curry when I come back to visit you personally. I My heart will never leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, my heart. We'll never leave you. So, please don't think. This is just some a tearful message I'm making for you. Actually, already three days, I'm holding back. Every time I think of you, I'm starting to cry. But now, uh, we just had a meeting with Yonanim. And so, this was a chance to give you my short video from Cheon Jung-gum. Looking down over this beautiful, beautiful kingdom of heaven. So God is here. Heavenly parent is here. Right here. But mother doesn't want heavenly parent to be limited just home, like grounded. We need to claim this nation, Korea. So mother's mobilizing many leaders to Korea. Go to the front line. All of us should witness. So brothers and sisters, at least I want to witness to you with my heart, just one thing. One thousand percent. Don't worry about anything I said. or One thousand percent. Unite with True Mother. Try, pray to understand her mind by yourself. Heaven will guide you. And then, uh, President Hori, I, I think you're so lucky. Everything, Every time I spend time with him, we're talking too long. He's teaching me many things about history of Japan and Korea. And he's a really wise brother and a second generation. Imagine if we had a hundred of him, one thousand of him. This is our goal. So please let us create environment for our children to grow up really healthy, happy, and public-minded. And let us expand heaven prepared everything brothers and sisters so unite with Mother's Direction and new leaders and then I will see you again and then I will go to America and share your love with them and Mother's love with them thank you so much I hope this (laughs) this video is okay for you not too many tears and then I forgot to mention some people too many precious 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 leaders and members of Asia Pacific One I love you You will now be reunited with your brothers and sisters of Asia Pacific too. Again, Asia Pacific. And together with Japan, I think you can do amazing things. And I will continue to watch and learn from you. Okay? So, see you soon. And then, I love you. And then, Yumiko loves you. And my children really also kind of upset that they don't want to leave, right? So they will stay with you longer, and I will run to America and try catch catch mothers of mine what we have to do there and uh, work together, okay? So that's enough indulgent
0: uh, tears from me to you. God bless you. And holy shit, I really genuinely thought that the end of the episode was just going to be this dude Damien talking, saying goodbye and shit, and I literally just listened to that right now. Did you hear that? If I understand correctly, Damien is now leaving his kids in Thailand so that him and his wife can go be horrible church leaders in the U.S. This fucking cycle. I thought it was over with you, Damien, but nah, motherfucker. It is. Keeps fucking going. I could not have written this shit myself. Holy fuck, I'm astonished. I wasn't planning on recording anything more. I thought I was done with this fucking episode, but nope. Damien, you dropped the fucking bomb there, dude. Do you see what is happening here? Do you see what is happening? Your true mother is causing some... Like, so many fucking inception layers of abandonment. It. it this is... Oh my god, dude um, I'm just going to leave it there Damien, thank you for ending this episode So goddamn perfectly um, I don't think this is the last That we're going to hear of old Damien on this show It just seems like such a fruitful Avenue to pursue And he seems like A prolific YouTuber Which uh, which is good for me um, So um, Yes I'm kind of speechless right now. If you can't tell, um, go have a beer or something, um, and I will see you all next time. I'm sorry that this is taking longer than normal for between episodes. Um, That's just how it's going right now. Um, But more shit's coming, and I think after listening to that, there's going to be some more Damien. Goodbye. See you later.